This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. What's up, guys? Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. We are your hosts, and I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And this week is the, I guess it would be, well, it's episode 30, but it is exactly, pretty much exactly, I guess, one week from when the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup, which was so fun to watch. I had a good time, I'm sure. Did you have a good time? You had a good oh, time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love seeing Lord Stanley. How could you not have a good time? I feel like every time I see a championship game for hockey, regardless of who the team is, I always get, like, a little choked up because you hear, like, they just the guys are cheering like little kids and, Yeah. It's an emotional experience. Oh, yeah. It is. It is. Even if it's not your team, it's it's heavier of an emotional experience when it is your team. But even just the dramatic music with the long walk down the carpet on the ice with the Stanley I feel like that walk took forever um, (laughs) to bring the cup to the boys. But just seeing their excitement and joy and then but then seeing the heartbreak on the on the faces of the Dallas Stars i mean you just feel their emotional pain you know i mean yeah. you can't even imagine right you and i are not right. former nhl players but oh that heartbreak yeah. right i think my favorite part other than obviously hoisting the cup i think it's when the team knows they're going to win and they're like counting down the seconds and the goalie comes and he's throwing the gloves up and then they all throw it and it's, I just got chills thinking about it, but unless it's like an overtime game and then like they win in overtime, that's obviously a completely different story. But when it's like, you know, it was game, game six, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a game six when it's a game six and you, ba- and you time's ticking and it's, you're, you're in, you're in a shutout right now. Like, you know, no one's going to score in the next 10 seconds. Although my famous last words are, it only takes a second to score a goal. I mean, you just kind of knew in your gut, Tampo's taking this. It was a shutout. It was absolutely incredible. And as soon as, as soon as the, you know, they crossed the, the blue line, you knew that puck was almost on its way to being iced. It was just one of those feelings where, like, you're like, "Oh my gosh, this this is it. No more hockey for four months." I know. Yeah. I'm trying not to think about that. <laughs> uh, I want to continue our thoughts and conversation about the game, but I want to first tell everybody that we brought on an expert on the Tampa Bay Lightning yes. to actually talk about the team and the dynamics and why it worked, why they were able to win the Stanley Cup. Um, he's covered the, his name's Chase. He hosts the Bolts broadcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, which is the same network that we're on. So part of the fam and Chase is awesome. He is so pointed with his words and facts and thoughts on the team at the Lightning and um, offers a lot of really great insight. Yeah, and we kind of, you know, picked apart the team uh, from head to toe and talked about some players, what we think is going to happen in the offseason, um, and what Tampa did right, what they potentially, I guess, they didn't really do anything wrong, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, this episode, we, we pretty much pick apart Tampa Bay Lightning, and we talk a little bit about the Detroit Red Wings, which you'll find out why before we talk about that. Um, but, yeah, Chase was absolutely incredible. He gave... I mean, 10 out of 10 answers, I would say. And he oh, didn't yeah. even prep for him, which was even cooler. So he's yeah. a pro. Gary Batman always says we have the best fans in all of sports in the NHL, which is true. And they came out in droves for uh, that. That also well, that was the thing that was unique about this year, right? Was there were no fans in yeah. 
the arena for all the obvious reasons, you know that, but that was such a different celebration on the ice. It was. And I don't know. Like, I don't know how I felt about it. I felt like the, the lightning got a little bit gypped. I feel like they should have been able to win it in front of their, their home crowd, their home arena. Um, so I do, I do feel bad about that because I, I, it's just, but it's a different scenario. The fans weren't there. I feel like the fans got a little bit, bit gypped because they couldn't be there to watch the team win. Um, but you got to make do in, in circumstances and uh, make the best of it. But I do think what happened uh, on the ice was absolutely incredible. Uh, like I said, I'm getting chills again talking about it. I, gosh, those moments are just are are just cool, and, and I think any hockey fan just gets excited to see what it is except when your team probably loses but you still gotta be happy because you just witnessed uh, a great game and a great series and, and a great playoff run so oh yeah I turned into a little kid on Christmas for uh, someone at Disney or whatever when the cup comes out I mean I was sitting cross-legged I couldn't get closer yeah. to the television oh, I was like God. oh my god this is so cool and then this is what's gonna happen oh my god they're gonna break out the cup and oh my god who are they gonna give it to first and the music and the whole thing and and ah, just the whole experience is so cool and we're obviously biased but it's not like any other sport the way they celebrate the cup what they get to do with the cup obviously everybody listening knows what they get to do with the cup you know they do a parade they every player gets a day with the cup and and they take it all around the city and i mean they don't do that in any other sport right or not to this magnitude i don't think so but i also don't really pay attention to any other sport because nothing is as exciting as i wear my braves hat by the way go braves anyway uh (laughs) oh but uh like i love seeing the babies in the cup and yeah. and all those pictures those are it's just so cool no other trophy can you put a baby in if you had your a day if you won the cup and you had a day with the cup what would you put would you put a beverage would you eat something and what would it be i would definitely drink my morning coffee out of it and what else i think a bowl of spaghetti and it would be cool okay um alcohol wise I mean, I think the best option is beer. Absolutely. You have to do beer. Champagne just gives me an instant headache just thinking about it. So, like, can't do that. What would you put in it? Beer for sure. And probably more beer. (laughs) And and probably more beer. I don't know what I would would eat out of it. Uh, I don't really have a favorite food, I guess. I like all stuff. Yeah. Maybe, oh... I feel like we got to do like poutine or something because I feel like that'd be really good. Yes. Like, and on brand. What do you mean on brand? I mean, Canadian, you got to have the poutine in there. You got to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why are we Canadian now? Because it's a Canadian sport for oh. the most part. It's starting. <laughs> Why are we Canadian? Oh my God. <laughs> what is happening? I think that anyway. was, I was thinking too literally. Too uh, a little too. It's it's late at night. I I get it. I get it's it. okay. Uh, poutine. For those I like, who are I like poutine. Yeah. <laughs> Poutine's good. To your point though that you made about the fans not having that moment or the players not having that instant moment, the moment they've wanted to have the fans there. That for sure is a big bummer. However, yep. I do think that the way they decided to celebrate when they brought the cup back to Tampa, I I feel like they're getting more team celebrations than any other team has had. And more fans have had the opportunity from what it looked like to me on social media. It looked like when the lightning got back in town, they were on a trolley ride through town so fans could watch them on the trolley ride and then they went into Amelie Arena where like their friends and family and staff and everybody could come in and they skated out in shorts and jerseys which was pretty funny Um, all the players had on shorts and uh, their jerseys and they took the cup out and then they had a boat parade because obviously Tampa Bay and 
all of that. And then they had a free party at Raymond James, the football stadium, which is not far from there. And uh, fans could come for free. Obviously it was a limited number because of the virus, but I mean, I think a lot of people had a lot of opportunities to see and celebrate as far as the fans go. I think yeah. it's pretty cool. I mean, they've definitely made it better considering yeah. that the fans couldn't be there yeah. in that moment. And what I like too, and I've made this, you know, very, I don't know, apparent is that when a team will connect with their fans in a way where they offer many things for them to do to get, you know, in touch with the players or with the team in general, I think that just, it, it obviously makes the fan feel important and, and feel involved in the team and it just it, it makes more community and, and I think that more teams need to do that um I mean I've never been to a Stanley Cup parade I, I wasn't able to go when the two parades were out here for, for the Kings but I don't ever remember and I'm sorry for any Kings fan that's listening and if they were able to do something like this but I don't ever remember being able to get in that close of contact with the cup on this kind of a level so I mean, I, I saw a fan, she was like, yeah, Alex just came over and let me drink out of the cup. Like, whatever. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, that doesn't yeah. happen. No, it doesn't. And I think, so. I think also uh, the community there in, in Tampa, the hockey community, it is strong, but it is a smaller, yeah. just generally smaller um, mm-hmm. amount of number of fans it's growing for sure um, and mm-hmm. I'm not speaking negatively uh, just saying facts you know and right. that's cool to have yeah. that smaller fan base I mean when Chicago won the first cup I, I wasn't in Chicago any of the years they won I, I didn't live there anymore but um, and yeah I should have flown back but what are you going to do? I didn't. So <laughs> do it differently next time. Uh, but they did a whole celebration, right? They did the parade through the city and then they end at Grant Park, which is this giant park. And I don't remember the numbers, but it was like millions of people, at least 1 million people were in this park, all diehard fans, rows deep, can barely see, you know, but they're there. And it's just such a beautiful experience and a moment for the city for the fans for the team for the players i mean all around it's just good vibes yeah i agree i agree any other thoughts about the series the game i know we have no hockey hockey tbd on the return but we have a lot of good stuff to come we were just discussing uh one of our episodes before we jumped on here so we have a lot of good stuff to come I don't have any final thoughts. I think that Chase will will close it out for us, and I, and I think he will cover everything else that we need to cover. What do you think? I think so. And we covered a lot of our other thoughts about stuff, uh, like if we would drink out of the Stanley Cup right now. Our podcast is proud to be on the Hockey Podcast Network, and the network is home to many other incredible podcasts, including this one. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know... I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jay, don't yeah. take it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me... And I don't know, five other people. And all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> no, uh, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. 
It was 100% not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network. This week's guest is well on the network, the same as us, the Hockey Podcast Network. And it only made sense to have him on to talk all things Tampa Bay Lightning. Please welcome Chase Crawshaw. He is the host of the Bolts broadcast podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to the house and congratulations. Uh, th- thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Uh, you know, it was it was a hell of a ride. It was, it was a weird year. Uh, I, you know, I, I knew this team was good, but I could have never actually expected this to end the way that it did. But yeah, uh, it's, it's been a ton of fun. And I'm so excited, so happy. And yeah, again, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about with the with the team and everything. But uh, first of all, tell me, how does it feel to win the Stanley Cup? Oh, it, it, it's fantastic. I mean, I feel like I'm part of the, the team. You know, this is my first uh, like full year doing uh, like a Tampa Lightning podcast. Prior to like doing a team centric podcast, me and uh, Mike, we just did like kind of general podcast about sports. So, you know, our first year with Tampa and they won the cup. I don't know. I guess we're just the good luck. So maybe they can send us a Stanley cup ring or something. I don't know. I feel like it was a long awaited championship. I feel like they've been a front runner for so many years and they just didn't have that edge to, to get in. And they finally found that edge. What do you think? What do you think the magic juice was? Honestly, it was the deadline accusations of, um, Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow, those two changed the complete dynamic of this team. Well, actually, if I really want to go further back, I could say it was the signing of Patrick Maroon. That's when they realized that, all right, we really need this if we want to be a true competitive team, especially come playoff time when the stakes are way higher and way different. Uh, So, you know, Patrick Maroon, he played that role all year. Uh, Once it started getting closer to the end of the year, uh, Breezeball realized that we need another guy or two like this if we're going to survive in the playoffs. Can't get bullied by one of the lesser teams like last year against Columbus. And you, you saw that line uh, started every single game in the playoffs. They were fantastic. They were our most consistent line. They looked so good. Uh, you, you didn't expect them to go out there and score a goal on every shift, but they never let you down. They were always out there. They they battled as hard as they could. They played great defensively. They applied pressure in the zone. They wore down the opposing team, uh, which made it a perfect opportunity for the guys like Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov to go and capitalize. Tell us more about uh, the Coleman acquiring Coleman and uh, how that changed the the dynamic in the locker room for the boys. Oh, it, it changed everything. Uh, so the team just they were since they were so skill eccentric the previous season. Um, you know, it was fun to watch, and it works in the regular season when you're kind of preserving yourself for the playoffs. Because like, honestly, teams they probably go about eighty five percent in the regular season, and then come playoffs, that's when they go to the hundred ten percent. That's when you realize, oh, it, it's different types of hockey. This is a physical game. It's not just the skill, finesse, uh, pass the puck around anymore. You, you got to be gritty. And Columbus last year, they proved to be just way too gritty for that Tampa team. Uh, the fact that they got embarrassed and swept 4 nothing after a 62-win regular season, like, that should never happen. And they took those lessons. They learned, uh, made the changes they did. And then those two trades, um, you know, as much as it sucked having to give up two first round picks and then Nolan Foote, a promising prospect, they won the Stanley Cup. So it's so worth it. Yeah. Now it feels worth it. But at the time you're going, what is the organization doing? What is Coop thinking? You know, like as a fan, you're, you're screaming and hollering. Now you're like, I take it back. I take it back. It's all fine. It's all fine. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I I was horrified at kind of honestly at first when they happened. I was trying to remain as optimistic as possible because I knew those were guys that you need for a playoff run, but I just, I couldn't imagine that they would have the impact that they did. I agree. Do you think that, I mean, this is probably just my personal opinion, but do you think Killer brought some sort of like swagger to the team by becoming somewhat of an influencer and like the team was like just gelling because they spent a lot of time during quarantine being interviewed do you think that he just kind of brought like a different dynamic to the team and, and maybe added more of a brotherhood to it? Oh yeah. You know, that's, that's definitely possible. Um, you know, like having to be in a brotherhood and being a tight knit team, that's, that's really those, like you see those types of teams, the ones that have the most success going in. So a hundred percent, um, this team, you could tell how much they love one another, how much they wanted to win for one another. And you know, that, that bond just 
built all through the year, uh, through quarantine as well. And once they finally came together to culminate for this playoff run, they just looked utterly unstoppable because of that. Yeah, take us through the quarantine. A lot of teams, I think, it benefited greatly, like Vegas, um, because at the time of the pause, they had five, uh, I'm making up a number, but a lot of their top players and top lines, they were injured and they were out for the season. So if the season had gone on at that time and playoffs had happened, I don't think Vegas would have performed as they did. Take us through where Tampa Bay was at the pause with like injuries record and what your thoughts are on if that actually helps them or it wouldn't have made a difference. So honestly, I'm not sure how much it helped Tampa um, because really the main guy that you had your eye on was Steven Stamkos. He was looking like he was going to be done for the year. Then all of a sudden the playoffs are coming back uh, July, August. Like, okay, maybe there's a chance that he can come back. And, you know, we we saw he only got one game there in the Stanley Cup Finals and scored that big time goal, of course. Um, So, but like, honestly, that break, it it definitely helped um, get some guys some rest. Vasilevsky, you could could tell he needed it because he was going through some pretty rough stretches there in the season. Don't get me wrong. He had some, you know, grade A stretches as well as a guy like him will. But he definitely needed that rest. And he went in, was the only goalie to play every single second for their team. Um, If, you know, if it wasn't for that quarantine for that break, he might have worn down a little bit towards the end. But you could tell that he was fresh and ready to go. So it definitely makes a difference for a guy like Vasilevsky. But in terms of everybody else, um, I don't think it helped them more than really any other team. Like some guys got fresher, um, could rehab some minor injuries they're dealing with. But the only major injury was with Stammer and yeah, only got one game. Now, do you think, I know that there's been a lot of like, not controversy, but there's been a lot of people that were like, why did Hedman get MVP and not Braden Point? Do you kind of feel the same way? Yeah, like, I, I do. Uh, like, oh, honestly, I disagree, but I will let you make your point. <laughs> all right, so so I, I don't I don't have an issue with Victor Hedman getting it because he played fantastic, don't get me wrong. But um, I, I used the 2017 Stanley Cup Finals, I'm pretty sure, is when Crosby won the Conspite for an example. Crosby kind of had, had a, a rough first three rounds, but then in the finals he put the team on his back and dominated. And Braden Point, I, he, he looked great in the first three rounds, but he looked – like otherworldly in the Stanley Cup finals. So I thought that was going to play a factor in it, a little more of a recency bias type of thing. And, you know, being that number one center, uh, kind of filling in for a Steven Stamkos role, uh, taking kind of the team, putting it out of shoulders. I thought it was going to be a lock to be a brain point, but Victor Hedman won it. And I mean, I'm not going to complain. They won the cup. I can't be mad. And Victor Hedman played fantastic hockey. I mean, 10 goals from a defenseman in a single playoff. That's incredible. But yeah, I was a little surprised. Okay, here's I was also, my – oh, you go ahead, and sorry. then I'll offer my two cents. <laughs> well, I was going to bring up kind of a different story. We'll come back to this. But I was just going to say, speaking of Braden Point, I also – maybe I just didn't catch it, but he wasn't one of the first ones that they passed the cup to either. Mm-mm. No. Did I see that wrong? Mm-mm. No. It, I, I was shocked by that. Which, like, I understand why. It's, it's a team that the only Stanley Cup winner um, before was Patrick Maroon. So maybe get to, you want to get to the older guys like Sam Coase. Uh, obviously, he's the captain going to grab the cup. And then the guys like Hedman and Shattenkirk and Patrick Maroon, even though he won it last year, they understood what a big piece he was. A guy like Luke Shen, you know, these older players, I understand it. But at the same time, they don't win the Stanley Cup without Braden Point. So I think he should have been a little more priority as well. I agree. I agree. Okay. I agree. Right. Go back. I thought Let's I rewind. Thought, Let's rewind. <laughs> no, but I thought Point was the star of the team for this whole I series. Agree. Yeah. Right. I agree. But I think Hedman is really what kept them in and where they were. I mean, just the minutes on the ice that man played, you know, as a D and the leadership. Just, right. And the oh, leadership yeah. and the years of experience. And I think, you know, you've got to give I think he kept them alive and thriving. I don't even know how he did it. He's such a machine on the ice to play those kinds of minutes as a D guy. (laughs) Yeah, that that is fair. Like, don't get me wrong. And he's definitely like a glue type of piece to this team without him. Just like, just like Braden point without him, this team's not getting anything done. 
Uh, he, he was an absolute anchor. You could trust him in every situation. I mean, I was in favor of playing him 35 minutes a night, to be honest, because <laughs> like he was, he was just so dominant, so unbeatable. It's it just so much fun to watch. It's, there's not a lot of defensemen, uh, you know, in the last like 10, 15 years that have just been really fun to watch. Uh, we're starting to see a change with some of the younger kids coming in, but Hedman's one of those guys that even if he's not doing something offensively, like you just enjoy him defensively, like the tiny little plays he makes that nobody else will make, but it's so, so small. You might not even notice it at first glance, but it changes the whole like dynamic of the game. It, it's just, it's such a privilege to watch every game. Yeah. It's been quite a team. What do you think about the team this year with all the things you've already mentioned um, maroon and, and the, the changes they made this season, what was that key factor, that key thing that set them to become Stanley Cup champions this year, as opposed to several of the past seasons where they've, you know, had the best records and, and they're the favorites in Vegas with the odds to, to win and they just crap the bed at, in previous seasons? Is it players? Is it coaching? What do you think? So honestly, I think it's more on the players, more on the, the diversity in the locker room, um, especially once those trades were made. There, every single role that you can imagine on a team was filled. There wasn't a single role that was missing. Um, and a team like that is going to be so hard to beat, especially when they have superstar players that are filling those star type of roles. Um, you know, like you'll see other teams that they'll fill all the holes, but they're lacking the who draws or the points or the headmans, and they just can't quite get over that hump. Once you have those pieces with those main guys to rely on, it's it's game over. <laughs> They're pretty much unbeatable. And uh, I think, like, John Cooper, I think he's a great coach, and I think he did a good job. But at the same time, if there was another coach in the room, I still think this team could have got it done. Bold statement. It is, it is, it is a little bold. Because, uh, <laughs> like, I, honestly um, – during the season, during the rough stretches in October, I was on our podcast kind of like, all right, may- maybe it's time for a change of John Cooper. He- he's blown, you know, he's blown these Stanley Cup finals before. He's had these great teams, hasn't done anything with it. Uh, I, was, I was getting a little nervous because the team was kind of looking uh, pretty disappointing. But I mean, <laughs> I'm very happy to be wrong on that one. <laughs> what's his um, leadership style like? What's his coaching style like? You know, I'm not, I don't pay as much attention to the lightning and you've devoted an entire season to watching them. What do you see from Coop behind the bench that, you know, makes you question a little bit? So I, I don't know. I just, he's kind of like a player's coach, but not to the player's coach level. John Tortorella is. And I really like those kinds of coaches. Like John Tortorella is my favorite coach in the NHL because like, like he, he, he can be a, you know, a little crazy, but there's no one who loves his players more than him. Like he's by like by far who if I was an NHL player, that's who I'd want to play for because he'd get the best out of me every night. And I don't know, I just I always had questions if John Cooper could do that. This team was always so good. Um, but at times they just never put it all on the ice. Uh there's plenty of times. I I don't know the numbers for sure, but I wouldn't even be that surprised if um Tampa got outshot most games in the regular season this year because I remember just like doing game recaps. Oh, Tampa got outshot twenty five to thirty six and then it was the same thing the next night and the next night and like this team just keeps winning because they're so good. But if they reach their full potential, they'd win seven, eight, nothing every night. And then we finally saw them reach that full potential in playoffs and look what they did. Crazy. Well, yeah. speaking of, of players, what do you think the postseason is going to look like with, you know, contracts expiring? I mean, everything's so up in the air. And I, and I feel like a lot of teams and maybe Tampa they're well, I mean, every team is chasing a cup, but some teams just go out and, and get whoever they can to win a cup, but they don't ex- or plan on having players stay longer than however many months. I mean, what do you and your? I mean, what do you think is going to happen? I have no idea. So right now, the team's sitting at just over five million in salary uh, with Anthony Sorelli, Nick Ostergachev, Eric Chernock, Patrick Maroon, Kevin Shattenkirk, Luke Shen to sign, and like that's just not happening. So. It, this is going to be a very different roster uh, going into next season. I could imagine a guy like Tyler Johnson or Alex Kalorn just not being on the team anymore for salary reasons, whether that's through buyout or trade. Uh, I don't know, but I could very well see something like that happening. Um, and some of these big UFAs that helped us out, the guys like Patrick Maroon and Kevin Shattenkirk, I would be shocked if they're with Tampa next year. So I think this roster, they could see maybe six, seven new guys on, a, on this team, which would be a pretty big change after just winning the Cup. That's a lot of players. 
yeah, it's it's a it's a little nerve wracking. Um, but it's it's going to take a lot of maneuvering by uh, Bereswaa to hopefully, uh, yeah, manage that cap because as awesome as Steve Eiserman was as a GM for this team, there are some pretty large contracts on the books for quite a few years. I'm familiar with that experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Blackhawks fan. Uh, oh, Chase, yep. so that, that'll do it. I'm familiar with some really big freaking long contracts that are over a, little, a lot a of money. Painful. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. I understand. Go ahead, Brace. No, I'm just going to say, I mean, I feel like it'd be interesting to see what Patrick Maroon does. Cause it'd be his what fifth team in the last five, five years. Six years because uh, he was on the Ducks, he's the Oilers, then he was uh, the Devils, then he was at St. Louis, and now he's uh, at yeah, that's Tampa. true. Yeah, I mean, if you want to win a Stanley Cup, I guess go sign Patrick Maroon, he's two for two in the last two <laughs> years, so um, he clearly seems to be doing something right, but yeah, it's interesting to see where he goes. Um, I wonder what kind of payday he's gonna get. Uh, it's like he's a guy that. Like offensively, he might not uh, produce what you expect, but he's always going to be worth way more than he's ever getting paid because of what he adds to our roster. Yeah, and he's a player that I did not like for the longest time. He really? played for the Ducks. He was he was gritty. He was a bit dirty. He just he just rubbed me the wrong way. And then when he went to the Oilers, I was like, huh, maybe he's not so bad. <laughs> but I feel like he has like those moments. But he's definitely he adds a different dynamic to the team that I think any other player adds. Uh, I think he's he's one of a kind, and I don't think he's, you know, the golden ticket for a Stanley Cup winning team, although he's made it pretty uh, apparent that he can bring home a cup or two. But, uh, yeah, it, it'd be interesting. I, he's one player that my eyes are on this, uh, this postseason just to see what he does. Yeah, I, I hope he can get uh, maybe a little bit of term and a little bit of a payday. Just he, he's earned it. He, he's worked hard. Um, who knows what that be? Maybe he tries to go back to St. Louis. I know they're in a little bit of uh, cap nightmare as well, but that's his hometown. Won a cup of them. Maybe he wants to try to go back there on a cheap team friendly deal. Yeah, he's an interesting character. I think he's one of those types of players that, that's still a little bit of that old school brand of. You know, yeah. I, I could just picture him like chugging beers in the locker room, you know, in between the period, like in between the periods, even though I'm sure that's like not allowed anymore. But I mean, I just get that sort of vibe from him. And I know um, he's uh, loved and hated by many equally, um, but hey, yeah. he performs. He does. He does. Yeah. And he, he would be an awesome character to watch in the 80s. If, like based on what Right. Like, yeah. So much fun. Exactly. I mean, just looking at what he, the pictures and stuff from the celebration and the parade, like there was one that looked like he had maybe wet himself, but you know, it could have <laughs> yeah. been a spilled beer, who knows, but uh, you know, I hope it was a spilled beer. I know, right? But he, and he's like shirtless and, you know, just living it up with the cigar. I mean, hey, this is part of why the celebrations for hockey and the Stanley cup are just better than any other sport because exactly. of, we get moments like this and they get to let it all out. What do you think of the boat parade celebration in Tampa? Are you, are you a fan of that? I think that's the first time there's ever been a boat parade for the Stanley cup. I didn't do any real research. I probably should have, but I think that's a pretty unique way to, to celebrate. How do you feel about all that? Yeah, I would be shocked if that happened before because that's such a unique thing. But based on, uh, you know, with COVID and how things are going, I thought it was a pretty awesome alternative. It's still a way to kind of showcase the cup, have the team celebrate, be together again. Um, so I, I thought it was pretty cool. I would have loved to be down there. And even with though they did the boat parade, they, they still got on land. Fans still drank from the Stanley Cup. Definitely did not follow the proper social distancing. But they, they were enjoying themselves. Ho hopefully nobody gets sick or anything from it, but they, they definitely enjoyed themselves, uh, put on quite a show. But, yeah, I thought the boat tour or the boat parade was super cool. Yeah. And, hey, we're all adults here. So if people exactly. decide to drink from the cup and be out and, and all of that without a mask, everybody's allowed to make their own choices. I exactly. Mean. It's the cup, baby. Don't you <laughs> risk. It's the cup. You, like, if the, if 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 Kalorn brings me the cup full of, of, of whatever I'm drinking from it. Like 
I'm doing it. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might I, be I, a, I don't disagree. People might think I'm crazy. And I mean, obviously it's a serious matter that's going on with, with the virus and everything like that. But I would make that choice for myself as a healthy 30 something. We'll just go with that. And, and, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I would be willing to do, make that risk because I'm by myself. I don't have kids and a family and all these other things that I'd have to worry about, but, uh, whatever you can hate me for making that choice, but I'm in the same boat, honestly. <laughs> Breezy, what are your thoughts? Are you going to oh, lead the fifth? <laughs> oh, I'm drinking. Yeah. I don't ever say no to a drink. I'm just saying I'm drinking. And if it's like your team and they win and you happen to be in the right place at the right time where that cup is presented to you by a player Even on the team. Even if it's not my team, it is a bucket list goal to drink out of the cup. I don't care who's winning. I don't even care if it's my most disliked player. Okay, maybe not. If it, eh, I might take that back. If it's even my <laughs> most disliked player, I would probably still do it. All right. But I'm just saying. All right. Now, uh -oh. Chase, Chase, tell us about your fandom. Are you a fan of Lightning? Who's your team? How, where do you live in this NHL fan world? So I, I live in Michigan, live in Michigan my whole life, lived in the same house. Um, so I grew up a diehard Red Wings fan, but Tampa Lightning, they were always number two in my heart. For whatever reason, they were always a team that I loved. Um, I don't know why. I was always kind of drawn to them. And then when CBY became the GM, it was just they were even boosted up even more. Um, and really leading up to getting um, contacted by Isha and Dylan about joining the podcast network, Tampa was – they were kind of slowly, like, getting pretty even with Detroit just because, you know, they were a little better team. So I, I still pay attention to Detroit, don't get me wrong. But I was definitely investing more and more into Tampa – uh, so it, it was just an absolutely perfect fit. Um, I'm definitely a diehard Tampa fan now. Um, you know, watching all the games this year, it, it helped really turn me into that. Uh, I'm going to support this team until the day I die. It's just, I love everything about them. Have you ever been to a Tampa game in Tampa? I have. Amelie is my favorite arena or stadium I've ever been into. It is so cool. I, I loved it so much when, when they scored and, they would shoot the Tesla coils off and lightning would shoot through. Oh, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I went there when I was, I guess, 17, 16 or 17, um, and saw them play. The, I remember the exact game. It was the New Jersey Devils last game of the regular season. Steven Stamco scored a one knee, one tee from the top of the circle to win it in overtime. Ooh. It was cool. It was so cool. I love it. Good game. Breezy, yeah. have you been to, to Amelie? I haven't. I actually really want to go. For some reason, I'm really drawn to Florida, probably because I'm a diehard Dexter fan, and I just feel oh, like I, love I would. I feel like I just want to like be in Florida and be like in that weather and and like eat tacos or something. I don't know. <laughs> but like, I really, I really want to go to Florida. And Tampa is just one of those cities that just looks absolutely incredible to to visit. So yeah. I haven't been there. Definitely on the top of the bucket list. Granted, I was only there for like a day or two, but yeah, it was beautiful. I want to go back to a game as soon as possible. Who knows if that can be anytime soon with what's going on, but I, I hope so. It's it's definitely a good time. I've been there to it. I think I've been to at least one game, and it's pretty fun. It's a good environment. The fans there. I mean, you know, people in the warmer weather climates often get you know a bad rap of. Oh, those Florida, they're not fans, you know, but I would say that Tampa's pretty devoted to the lightning as far as like the people in the arena. I mean, I was seeing all jerseys and, you know, they're pretty into it. There's a fan base there for sure. What, uh, what do you think of the fan base? Have you interacted with them much? What's been your, uh, how would you describe them? I mean, and definitely... you are one of them. So, I yeah, mean, how yeah. do you describe yourself, Chase? <laughs> <laughs> Tampa fans are great, honestly. Um, it's it's one of those southern market, smaller market teams, so you don't really realize that they have fans, especially when you look at their state rival, Florida. You look at their some of their attendance, and they're less than half capacity. Like, it, it's it's kind of sad to see, but I, I'm sure it has to do with Tampa being such a great team right now. A little bit of front-runner fans um, definitely pays part of it. But at the end of the day, anything to get someone to come in and watch a hockey game, like how do you not fall in love with hockey once you go to a hockey game? 
um, I, I tell that to people all the time who say that they're not hockey fans at all. Like, go to one game, you're going to change that opinion. So, hopefully, with uh, Tampa winning the cup, um, teams are going to get, or fans are going to get more involved to watch more games this year and try to go to some games, hopefully, coming up soon. Uh, continue growing that team, continue growing that fandom because these smaller markets, they definitely need to keep growing. Uh, it's great for the NHL. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead. No, I'll just say, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, Tampa's living it up right now. They got Tom Brady. They brought the cup. I mean, that city is just buzzing. Yeah. (laughs) Gronk. They got Gronk now. Right. That's that's a fun place to be. It's a very fun place to be right now. And the weather is like perfect this time of year. So (sighs) yeah, they've got a lot going for them. Is it snowing yet in, in Michigan? No, no, thank God. My dad, my dad panicked this morning. Our, our neighbor has um, like white rocks lining his house and it was a little like foggy outside. So he looked outside and thought it was snow and almost had a heart attack, but no, not, not quite yet. It is a little bit chilly though. It, it's down, it's down in the lower fifties starting to get into the forties. So I'd expect Jeez. snow pretty soon here, unfortunately. It was 108 at my house today. Oh my Lord. Uh, I'm in I, Maine that's... right now. So it's, you know, nice and 70 here, 65. <laughs> Gosh, see, I, 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 I'm a big winter fan and like, I, I love the snow and all, um, but at the same time w- with COVID, I didn't really get to enjoy my summer. So I'm really hating that this warm weather is going away. Yeah. Um, tell yeah. us, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about being a Red Wings fan your whole life. And uh, how's that experience? I mean, it was great for so many years. I, I <laughs> was, I'm born in 19, I was born in 1998. So I saw this team go and, make the playoffs every single year leading up until 2016 uh, and being s- such a great team all those years uh, got to, I mean, granted I was alive for the 1998 Stanley cup, but I was two months old. So that doesn't really count. Um, no. But I, I, and I don't really remember much of the O two one, but I really remember the O eight one. Uh, that was a ton of fun. Even watch them lose in 2009 uh, against Pittsburgh. Like that, that sucks seeing them lose, but it was still a ton of fun. Um, that's those two years were really where my fandom grew. Uh, you know, I didn't like play hockey until I was about 10, 11 years old because I, I hated it. I, I cried when I was younger. Every time my parents would put me on the ice, we're a big hockey family. So they were a little disappointed, but it finally uh, like grew on to me. And I guess I'm just trying to make up for those lost first, like eight years of me not playing, uh, just doing all these hockey things now. Um, but yeah, be, being a Red Wings fan is awesome. You know, I, I, I still, I want this team to do so well. And it, it's, it's horrible watching the position they're in. Uh, being such a brutal team, losing the first overall pick. I mean, things are just about as bad as they can be right now. How do you feel about Stevie Y being in charge? I mean, I was, I was so happy. I, I was cheering. Um, so like, Ken Holland, he, he, he did a great job for Detroit, but it, it was time for a change, time for a little change of scenery. Um, time, just say, excuse me, Steve Eisman coming in and having a little bit of a different approach. Uh, we, saw, we saw him rebuild Tampa when he took the job back in 2010. Uh, turn the team into what they are now. So kind of hoping for the same thing in Detroit. I'd expect it to happen. It's a slow process. Uh, you know, we're only two years into that process. So yeah. the way it took for Tampa, you got to give it another like three, four years until this team's kind of a contender or borderline perennial contender. But yeah, it, it's, it's cool to see. Uh, he very well could get into the Hall of Fame as a GM as well as a player. And that would be a pretty cool feat. I've, I've been to Detroit and I've gone to, um, I went to my first Red Wings game two years ago, I guess. And I, it was at Little Caesars. So I never got to go to the Joe, uh, but what's the Joe like? And what do you think, like describe that experience of those old tiny, like those original stadiums. Here's what like, I always said about the Joe. Like my, my family always said about the Joe. It's a dump, but it's our dump. Like the, the place was horribly built. They built the whole thing without putting in a spot for the press. So they had to build a little like skybox. So it was like, it, they had to take out some seats. It was blocking spots. It was just horribly positioned. Uh, and the place was run down. All the men's bathrooms had troughs instead of individual urinals or stalls. So you're all just peeing next to each other. It, it, it was the definition of just like old working class gritty, but it, it was the best thing ever. It, it was un, just amazing experience. Uh, Playoff games, there were so much fun. You know, I I only had ever been to two Red Wings playoff games, and they lost both those games, so that part kind of sucked. I uh, didn't get to see them win, but still, so much fun. Uh, the fans are really into it. They always draw a great crowd. Um, 
man, I I miss the Joe now. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't thought about the Joe in a little bit. Now, now I'm thinking back on it, and man, oh, so, some great memories of that place. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make it take a sad turn. This is such a happy <laughs> no, movie. I didn't think okay. it was going to be such a sad experience. <laughs> this oh, is, you're okay. You're, you're Stanley, you won the Stanley Cup, and now I just made it a weird, <laughs> breezy you go. No. <laughs> oh man Breezy, funny. you you take over i'm done well i mean you're a red wings fan your entire life you're a diehard bolts fan now i mean i, I i'm curious like who's your all-time favorite player Evel burray actually so not even someone who played for either of, of these teams <laughs> which is strangely enough but um when i started getting into hockey like my first my first like favorite player was brandon shanahan brandon shanahan uh just i you know, loved him and just like what, what a fun player to watch the, like the way he could score it well, while also just like man powering over people on the ice. But once I started getting really into hockey, started watching some old clips, uh, I got stuck in a Pavel Bure, just highlight like uh, rabbit hole for hours and just fell in love with him. The way he played the game, it was mesmerizing. I think the only other player I've seen maybe close to what he does on the ice is Connor McDavid. Uh, these guys, they were just so fast. Uh, the way that they would get an open ice breakaway, be untouchable. It, it was just, it, it was impressive. Um, so Pavel Berry is definitely my all-time favorite player. I have a jersey of his, um, the old black, red, and yellow skate blade jersey. Got one of those. I love it so much. Nice. I respect that. I respect that. Do you have a, like a current player that's your favorite right now? Uh, honestly, like I, I really don't, I, if I had to lean one way or another, it would be Jonathan Drouin, a uh, former Tampa Bay lightning player. Uh, so a uh, little unfortunate, but that granted that trade against Rogachev was well worth it, but I still love watching Drouin play. Um, he, he's not living up to his full potential, which kind of is disappointing for me because I, like, I'm a big junior hockey guy too. I've, I pretty much have been, uh, since I really started getting into hockey, so I, I remember him with Halifax and how dominant he was. Um, so I was hoping to see that continue at the NHL level. He, he's shown glimpses, uh, and he looks like a hell of a player, but nothing near what I thought he was going to be. But he's still so much fun to watch. When he, like, turns it up to 100, he, he's got top, like, 10 talent in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. Tell us, yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, Bolt's broadcast podcast and uh... – that rhymed, but not intentionally uh, how I said that. Tell us about the podcast and uh, what can people expect from you and and what do you guys talk about? You know, obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning, but uh, give us a little uh, insight into what the podcast is about. So Bolts Broadcast, uh, I host that as well as my friend Mike. Um, you know, him and I, we've been podcasting together for about a year and a half. We've been best friends for quite a few years. Um, but Bolts Broadcast, yeah, obviously our main topic is the Tampa Bay Lightning. We do talk a lot about uh, prospects. We like to get into that level of hockey. We talk about general NHL as well. Uh, pretty much any hockey that we can get our uh, hands on, any interesting tidbit we try to talk about. And then also, uh, which is my, my favorite segment, my favorite thing that we do, we do a segment called Hockey Name of the Day. At the end of every episode, I find a very hard to pronounce name, and Mike is horrible at pronunciations. So I let him try to pronounce it, and then I get to make fun of him when he can't get it right. And then I tell a little bit of information about that player. For example, uh, we recorded today. And- yeah, wait, wait, let's play, let's play. Type the name in the chat and then make us say it. Come on, I want right. to play. I'm right. so bad at pronouncing names. <laughs> I can't on. even say like Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> Type hard. the name into the chat and then. That, that's the name that we did today. Oh. New and Schwander. New and that's what I would say. New and Schwander. That's close. So he's Swiss. So it's, it's Anthony Neuenschwander. Oh so, yeah. So um, that, that, that was close. one of the, honestly kind of one of the easier ones that I do. I try to find really hard ones or if there's like a unique name, like for example, there Give was us another one. Give us another one. Uh, let's see. Like, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that we have done recently. Um, I can't even spell this one. So give me one second. We got time. We got time um, for this. I like we're this. Gonna play the, the Jeopardy music right now. <laughs> Q, let's go. All right. P.S. That's what um, my aunt was watching before we came. 
Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy on. And I was like, what am I, 80? Like, what's happening here? I mean, those are great shows, but what, where am I? What's happening? <laughs> my aunt is not 80 years old, but anyway. That is so funny. Sorry, my computer's going a little slow on All me. All right. Well, we don't have to play it if it's okay. You could tell us All the right. name. You could tell us what he said. All right. Well, um, so here it is. So the name is um, first name's Arson, and then the name was uh, it's this. I even struggle pronouncing this one. It's uh, Kisamut Denov, K H I S A M U T D I N O V, and it's when he talked, it just sounded like. It was talk to text and someone fell asleep on their keyboard. It, it just <laughs> nothing like it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I love that segment so much. Um, it, it's my favorite thing that we do. It's a great way to the end, end the episode. But so, I hope it puts smiles on people's faces if they listen to it. It just made me laugh. And I don't, it's, yeah, I support this for sure. Breezy Wait, thoughts? Yeah. Absolutely. And now I feel like I just want to listen and just hear. I, I need to like listen back and listen to all the names. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, go right ahead. I, I, I think I, I think I do a, a decent job picking them out. And it's not always just like hard rounds names. Sometimes I'll, um, I, I can't remember the player, but his uh, nickname was the Chikutami Cucumber. So I just like put his, him, then his nickname, then his last name, and just like just because that's such a unique thing, such a unique nickname. Uh, put that in there. So it's not always just hard pronounced names, but it's just anything that I find. Either I try to find hard pronounced or cool, interesting. Um, just something that I've really never seen. What, what did you just say? Chikutami, what? The Chikutami Cucumber. Chikutami Cucumber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know whose name is really fun to say? What's that? Bogosian. Oh, Zach Bogosian. I, I love that name. And Bogosian. My, my favorite name to trick my non-hockey uh, friends, like non-hockey fan friends with, is Dustin Bufflin's. The, the pronunciation of those, uh, Bufflin. Like, mm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's got it. That's a good one. Sounds, there's a lot. We have hockey's amazing because we have that as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not really something you see in many other sports, if any other sports, because you get all these uh, characters from all these different countries and yeah, all these names. Yeah, they're, they're, it's fun. It's it's one of my favorite things about hockey. Like Pasta is one of my favorite because he's really funny. Pasternak, which again, I'm sure yeah. people would pronounce that Pasternak or something, you know, like. <laughs> Um, but, uh, he's funny. And when they have those accents and when their humor comes through and, and their English is like that, it's just so much more enjoyable to listen to them in press conferences. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is just like, um, like, I, I don't want to make fun of somebody for not for struggling speaking English, but like no, you know, no. when, they first, when they first come over and they, they have their heavy accents and broken English, sometimes like they'll just say things that just make no sense. So it, you get, all you can do is laugh at it. I mean, I'm sure all they can do is laugh at it as well too. But oh, it, yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, I'm fully aware when I travel to other countries and I attempt to speak the language, I know they're all laughing because they're like this silly Americans trying to speak French, you know, but I try and I don't care. And that's what they do. And that's just kind of, yeah. that's how it goes when you're learning a new language. It's, uh, no, that's fair. It's just... Have you seen that one clip where uh, I'm, I'm going to botch his name because again, I can't pronounce names. <laughs> Val, Val Nachishkin? Did I say it? Valerie Nachishkin? Yes. Uh, from that. Dallas? He was in Dallas, but now I think he's or, like, on, yeah, like, like he was drafted by Dallas and played for Colorado. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it, there was a clip. It was him and Seggs and Jamie Ben, and they were trying to like read something, and it was like one microphone to the next to the next, right? And so they, they did a few takes, but you all have, have to look it up. But they were doing it, and like he came and he's like, my name's Val. And that's all he could say. But he had like lines he was supposed to say, but like Tyler like passed the <laughs> mic and he goes, hi, my name's Val. <laughs> it was funny. I laugh. Um, I watch it actually quite often just to get a chuckle out of it because then Tyler's face just like drops and Jamie's just like, what is happening? It's, pre- uh, it's pretty funny. That's awesome. I love it so much. You know, yeah. despite the language barrier, these guys, there is no language barrier when they're on the ice. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's part of the hockey 
world where you've got a lot of people who speak different languages who don't speak a lot of English and and if they do you know I don't I don't know that the boys really make fun of them I'm sure they giggle you know when someone says something that's a little weird but I they don't mean it maliciously you know yeah no 100 so like I, I worked for a junior hockey team in the OHL the Saginaw Spirit and we, we had um this goalie Ivan Prosotov he's with the Coyotes now he's a draft pick of theirs uh he hit his English coming over it was pretty rough, um, but just like he pretty much all he knew was swear words in, 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 in English. So any sentence you heard it would have three or four swear words. So it, it was hard not to laugh at because he's trying to have a serious you know, conversation, but he's just dropping F-bombs or whatever. Well, that's great. That's that yeah. is funny. Well, what we do at the end of every episode is we ask these three questions. It's now three. Um, so we're going to, we're going to have you answer our questions. Are you up for it? Guess so. They're not, they're not, you won't be made a fool. I promise. Um, it's nothing like that. Uh, So who is your favorite hockey hunk? Favorite hockey hunk. I mean, how do I go against Tyler Sagan? Like, look look at that man. Oh yeah. (laughs) He is very good looking. Uh, I'm not a big tattoo fan. Uh, but if, if you got the really muscular build and you can pull off the tattoos like that, like the way it looks on him, it looks really good. So I, I'd have a hard time picking anybody but him. That's a good yeah. one. Right, Breeze? We've had, uh, we've had, sorry, a fly just flew at my face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're watching on video, that was great. We've had quite a few people uh, say Sagan, right? Um, honestly, I think there's only been like a, one or two, which is kind of surprising because I obviously run the Instagram account Hunks of Hockey, and there I get like harassed if I don't do a Sagan Sunday post. So there's so many Sagan Sunday fans, but then there, but there's so many other you know good-looking dudes in the league, and we've had we've had a wide variety of, of players actually, which I think is uh, is pretty cool that not everyone is a Team Tyler Sagan. But it's also really cool to see Team Tyler Sagan because, I mean, the guy deserves it. So Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and who is your favorite hockey lady? Favorite hockey lady? Uh, honestly, like Alina Moeller, uh, she's a younger hockey player. She's like 21, 22. Um, it, yeah, I don't know if you guys know who she is at all. Mm-hmm. So she she's a Swiss player. Um, she's playing college hockey. Um, like – I, I think she's a good-looking girl, and she's a hell of a hockey player. Uh, she, Miracle Mueller, you, you, uh, the NHL defenseman, it's uh, his sister, actually. And she, um, and back in the 2018 Olympics, she was kind of the star of the show for Switzerland. They're kind of kind of a rougher women's team, but she, as I think she was 19 at the time, kind of put the team on her back. And I've always just been interested in her, um, like watching her career. Like, I genuinely think, like, not at the NHL level, but she could probably – play pro hockey at, at a men's level and you know some way over in Europe at a pretty high level so I you know she's she's someone that like I really like and uh watch her career where did you say she plays now you said college uh, yeah I can't remember what school I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head but yeah she plays NCAA oh cool and Breezy yeah. last question okay well you, go ahead I'll, I'll explain it a little bit. So we've had quite a few guests on the podcast and it seems within every interview, the certain player's name always comes up because they always have a, an amazing story with them. And half the time we, we bring people on and we don't even know what, who they're a fan of, what team they support or anything like that. But it seems like there's been more fans of Sidney Crosby in general than anything so do you have a Sidney Crosby story are you gonna add it to the list or do you not have anything I mean my only Sidney Crosby story is what me being a see 11 year old at the verge of tears watching him lift the Stanley Cup against the Detroit <laughs> Red Wings so I don't have the fondest of memories of Sidney Crosby like don't get me wrong he, he's a great guy and you know you see the things that he does uh, him and Nathan McKinnon especially like being two newbie guys, the things that they do for that province, it's like it's really admirable. Uh, and like you, you can't hate on Crosby, but I, I mean, I definitely don't have fond memories of him. <laughs> I like that story. I think it's a good mix to our our. <laughs> yes, Sidney Crosby is our seven degrees of Kevin Bacon on this podcast. <laughs> like it's seven. Oh shit, that's not right, Rachel. I think it's three six, degrees. Six three. I think it's three. We're we're terrible at these little things. 
absolutely. I, I feel like whatever I just said was wrong, but he's our Sidney Crosby is our Kevin Bacon. Fair enough. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> um, Chase, any final thoughts about the Lightning and the win and the team? I mean, I'm just. I, I don't even know what to say to the season. It, it was a wild season. It was something that, you know, I never expected to happen the way that it did. I'm so grateful that it did. Uh, I had a ton of fun. It, it was a great first year with the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, meeting a bunch of people along the way, getting to talk to them, having great conversations. And just the fact that Tampa was able to end the season, end our first season with the network, with the Stanley Cup Championship, it made everything a thousand times better. Uh, it's been such a fun ride. Um, I, I'm just, I'm so happy that it, I can't even explain it. I'm so happy. It's great. As you should be. <laughs> Absolutely. So where, uh, tell everyone where they can follow you, where they can listen to you. Uh, basically just promote yourself. All right. So you can check out our podcast on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. That is at Bolts Broadcast. Uh, you can listen to us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can listen wherever, listen to this podcast right now. Uh, just, you know, search us in whatever app you're using. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chawdust, C-H-A-W-D-U-S-T. That's just a nickname I somehow got playing hockey. I just got called out one day by my coach and it was just that forever. Um, so you, you can find me there on Twitter. Uh, we, we do have a merchandise store for the Bolts Broadcast, so if you guys would like to check that out, um, you can go to boltsbroadcast.whatforapparel.com. Uh, we got a few things up there. We have some Breast Cancer Awareness Month stuff, so we got some pink logos. We got some Stanley Cup stuff. Uh, so if you guys could check that out, we'd really appreciate it. Awesome. Chase, thank you. Yeah, thank you. This was a ton of fun. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.